hearts on my card again at the crib telling your girl that we should order in. All right, and welcome back to another edition of write the radio we're back in our collective homes living rooms bedrooms <laughs> basements what have you i'm matt maritea i'm here with as always bobby dubs and rob Manon. gentlemen how are we feeling today I'm feeling pretty good. It's a, it's a lot of stuff to talk about, especially uh, I'm, I'm waiting to hear Rob's take on a lot of stuff happening in the basketball world. We're post all-star break. We got players saying wild stuff while they're playing video games. It's it's, it's a crazy time to be alive. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have officially become that guy I hate, by the way. <laughs> Why? I, now, I now have a podcast I do out of my ba- my basement. <laughs> <laughs> It might be worse if it was my mom's basement, I guess. Um, I'm not touching the Miles Leonard thing. Like, I, I, I don't like. Man off with no. Stop saying, stop saying dumb shit. Like, if you have slurs in your vocabulary, take them out. It don't matter if it's you know what race, what religion, or whatever. Like, how 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 many times can we get all up in arms that somebody says some mean shit? Like if people Seems are pretty simple to me. Like you said, just don't say stupid shit. Yeah. And like there people are gonna say he didn't mean it, but like I don't slip up and say the N-word. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't so like if I'm hopped up in a basketball game, I don't care how angry I am, I still use my vocabulary. Exactly. My vocabulary consists of fuck and shit and like I curse, but like just take just start working on taking slurs out of your language because you're gonna get caught. Not even just you're gonna get caught. Like fuck, fuck, you're gonna get caught. Like just don't say that shit. <laughs> just it's time to move on with this shit. You know? But I'm not gonna sit here and get outraged every time somebody says some. Dumb shit. Like, man, it's not enough hours in a day. Every fucking thing somebody says, yeah, yeah. Now, do I think I'm not? I'm not here to say it's wrong. Not wrong either. Like, he should probably get in trouble. He, you know, he'll probably get suspended or fined or something along those lines. But I'm not going to waste my time over it. You guys there? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all you got on that. On that. <sighs> I mean, Matt, did you have any like your your first thoughts when you heard the news drop? Like, oh, he said what? <laughs> I, it just it. I guess it makes sense, right? You're streaming. This is the type of thing that kids do. I mean, you walk into anywhere. It, you walk up on some kid while they're playing Xbox Live, they're probably going to be saying some stuff that they shouldn't be saying. Mm-hmm. But you're a professional athlete, right? You are a well-known Twitch streamer. This is like how colossally stupid are you that this happens to you? And I mean, he's already lost a gaming sponsor, right? Uh, Origin PC, uh, I think, is yeah. so- severed ties with him the heat are reviewing the footage um also i mean how are you gonna say this and be part of the miami heat exactly if i know one thing about florida it's that miami has a large jewish contingent who are not gonna be happy with minors right now (laughs) exactly you gotta be wary of all those types of things like like you said, you got to be cognizant. Like Rob said, you get to a certain level in your life and your profession where certain things just shouldn't be in your vocabulary anymore. You got no. to train yourself to have your your office voice or whatever. Like we know, you know, we joke around with each other, but if we were in a professional setting, we wouldn't talk the same way. Like some people, they have to to know that. I know I don't talk the same way as I am with my buddies. And if I was walking in a room somewhere and I knew I was, you know, in a professional setting there. Anything like that, you know, constantly they're going to be eyes on you, too. That's the thing. Like, you're no longer a nobody. You're a professional basketball player that a lot of people know. And every little thing you do is going to be saw and picked over with a microscope. And if uh, we've got some people viewing, if you would like to put your own comments on and we'll go, you know, feed off of those as well. You just put your comments in the comment section. Even if you are a nobody, right? Like, 
And I, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to say like I, I don't care. Like your morality is different than mine. Um, but even if you're nobody, like what what do you think's going to happen? Like, are you going to get mad at work one day and accidentally slip up? So you're nobody to the rest of the world. But like, I mean, just it's dumb. It's not worth it. Yeah, like, it's not worth it at all. I mean, I used to do it. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'll admit, like I said, the. I used to use the F word, right? So when I was growing up, the F word, when it comes to homosexuals, was was something that wasn't thought of twice, right? I grew up in, in the 90s, like, just, you know, and I still have friends that use it, but I stopped. I stopped years ago because, one, I shouldn't say it, and two, like, you're going to slip up. You're, you're going to get heated. You're not going to be thinking before you say something. And it doesn't matter if, you know, Twitter is canceling you. You know, what what matters is you not saying it. So just change your vocabulary, which according to takes Papa John's 20 months to change his vocabulary. <laughs> How long to change those STS toppings is? Change that. Papa John's has like superior banana peppers. There's something about their banana peppers that are delicious. But that's it. That's literally the only thing. Pizza's not great even- garlic sauce, too. Yeah, yeah that's too. But yeah, I, I, I know I, I get your point because I mean, yeah, I saw the, yeah, the F word, the other one, you know, sort of come and go as I was coming up, uh, you know, the R word. That's Pete, another and, one. And, and yeah. now that's, you know, a huge no, no. And it's, yeah, things change. And I mean, with racist and anti-Semitic language, it's, pr- it's not really a change. I mean, it's definitely not good, but. It's amazing. It's just there's always somebody watching. There's always somebody listening, and that's you know so, kind of the world we live in now. And it's eh. so Leonard I uh, was already like kind of on thin ice because of the whole you know standing during the bubble thing, right? Yeah. Um. So some. I, I'm sorry. Some uh, breaking news. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are required to quarantine until Friday and Saturday, respectively. So it looks like Joel will be back on Friday and Ben will be back on Sunday. So they'll miss what? Two games? One game. Ben will miss two. Unless Joel can't play Friday. So they have a back-to-back Thursday and Friday, and then they play again on Sunday. But that's what it, that's what it looks like. They're definitely both missing. Oh no! Okay, it rules that Embiid is out Thursday and Simmons is out Thursday and Friday. So Ben's going to miss two games. You guys there? Did I lose you? Yeah, you no, I'm, I'm here. I think Dub's on mute. Uh, it is what it is at this point. Like, you know, you get the news, you know, they do the contract tracing. They're like, all right, how long ago was it you came in contact with this person? Okay, you got to sit out for this many games, and you get the ball rolling after that. Missing one game, two games is not going to hurt. In the grand scheme of things, uh, they still will be pretty competitive. My thing is that one, two games could all – could also lead to them slipping to number two with the way Brooklyn is playing and then them adding Blake Griffin, which is just ridiculous to what else they already have. So like those two names in theory could cause them to slip down to the second seed. But other than that, you know, it is what it is. I'm not really too um, concerned about the one seed. I I don't think if they stay one, two, I don't think it matters much. Another thing you don't seem very concerned about is trading Tyrese Maxey. I've seen you've been all over yeah. Twitter about this. Oh, yeah. man, I'll throw in Maxey. <laughs> like, man, I'm throwing Maxey on every tweet. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm throwing Maxey. <laughs> it's not we really won't that you can with Matisse. trade Maxey in a first. <laughs> he won't buzz with Matisse, but he'll throw in Maxey in a fucking hot minute. <laughs> yeah, they – um. No, and and the reason I think that is because I think I don't think guards develop too quickly in the NBA. 
And that's where I was getting at today with my little, you know, exercise. That was fun, actually. Thanks to everybody who did it. Um, you know, just where you think their championship window is um, compared to where and what you're willing to give up to make it work, right? So, like, I think a lot of people, you know, have this this thought that there's, you know, Maxi's untouchable because he has the potential to be a star, which is great. But if you only have a three or four year window and he's one of your best trade chips, you know, personally, I think you go get him. The reason I don't throw Matisse in there, one, is because I think he's more I, I think he's more valuable to the Sixers than than Maxi is short term. So I if if it's me, I'm pushing to move Maxi over Matisse. I mean, but that's like a, that's a one-year window scenario, right? If you Where? if you believe, say, that the Sixers could be, you know, this team in the East, right, for what the next two, three years, at least, yeah, yeah, then wouldn't keeping Maxi make sense? No, because I think they need another, another, they need more. So essentially, like I, I think when you talk about getting Lowry, I, I think that's the move that it always comes back to is to talk about getting Lowry, and I'm giving up Maxi to get Lowry. Because I don't think as constructed right now is enough. But I think you get Matt Lowry, like you're good for the next two or three years. Nobody wants Shake. We can't give him <laughs> Shake. <laughs> well, shake Shake's Shake's more playable than than than, than Maxi is. Maxi's not playable right now, and I, I think the kid has a great potential. But like, look, look at the the Utah game. He didn't play a minute, not a single minute. Like. And if you're going for it, if you're going for it the next couple of years, like these are the years you go for it. It's just I don't know. And I'm look, and, and yeah, part yeah. of it, like I'm not saying give up anything, but I'm I'm not. I don't think Maxi's untouchable. Do I want him to stay? Yeah. Do I want him to win a championship? Yeah, more than I want Maxi to stay. If you can do both, if more you can do both, then keep him by all means. <laughs> but I get like in the win now mode it's most likely that you're going to have to sacrifice the, the younger talent. Like that's what the win now thing is all about. You, you sacrifice the younger talent to get better immediately. And then you have to worry about that down the road. It's going to suck on the back end, especially if Maxi can play. But I mean, if you get championship runs out of it, which I think you can, to me, it's worth it. If you get a, a Kyle Lowry, Broad Street Victory Parade. I mean, that's that's worth all the maxis in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think people severely underestimate how good Kyle still is. Like he he's not like the Kyle Lowry that like people think of, but um, he's still pretty damn good. And th- and to me, this team doesn't need Kyle Lowry from five years ago. They need him what he is right now. Now. I've been talking about Kyle Lowry on Twitter for like four days and it's going to turn out the Raptors not trade him. but <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been secretly looking for a Kyle Lowry type for years for the Sixers. Um, over the summer, I wanted Chris Paul. I thought he was available, but I never thought Lowry was available. And then um, like in December, like right before the Raptors game, I remember this, I was at the gym and I was thinking about this. It was the day before the Raptors game, and I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, the Raptors suck this year. They ended up turning it around, so look what I know. But uh, <laughs> I was like, the Sixers should trade for Lowry. And I think I even tweeted, like, if if uh, if if I were to want to fix some problems in the Sixers, I would just trade for Kyle Lowry. And then it kind of took off, not because of me, obviously, but, like, you know, there was a report came out that said Lowry might be available, and then, you know, kind of just snowballed a little more. And I don't, I don't know, maybe I missed it beforehand, but it, it, there's a lot of smoke around it right now. So hopefully, it's a chance. I think there's a good chance, but I'm ready to be let down. If yeah. not Lowry, then who? Right, because they have to make a trade. Yeah. If not Lowry, I have no idea. Um, I think you're looking at. I think people are really like there's, there's this Lonzo Ball situation, which is weird, right? Because Lonzo was available, you know, by reports he was available like a month and a half ago, but now he's actually playing out of his mind. 
Um, he's another one like Lowry, like people don't think about. They're shooting like 40% on like seven threes a game. Like their shooting is really good. And Lonzo's fitting well in now with the Pelicans. So is he still available? Um, he's a restricted free agent after this year. So that helps if the Pelicans don't want to pay him. Um, so he's a name that comes up. Other names that come up, like George Hill, um, uh, I'll never be able to say his name. Like, but the the tall European guy from the Kings, Nemanja. Yeah, <laughs> up, um, my dude. I think there was PJ Tucker on the buyout, which everybody loves. I'm, you know, PJ is what he yeah. is. He'd be nice on a buyout. Um, I don't think who else other than like Levine and Beal. Like you're looking at those types of moves, I think. Um, but then again, like this is Daryl Morey, this is the NBA, and predicting who trades for what and who actually is available without having access to talk to people in the front offices is like next near impossible. But um, I had a convo today with uh, Marty Teller and Last Out owns Dan Morgan. Um, we we were talking, and I think the general consensus is you want to save what you can, you know, for this off season, because there is a thought that, uh, you know, maybe Levine becomes available this off season. So I, I kind of ended up agreeing with them that I think like towards the deadline, if you're going to make a move, you're looking at one pick and one, um, one player, whether it's Matisse or Maxi. And apparently that still gives you some firepower in the, the summertime to go make some stuff work. But as far as moves, like Lowry's the move to me. Why are you laughing at me? Not funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It, it, all, it all comes Lowry's back to Lowry, move. of course. Is it, that's my man. That's I'm focused. I'm not even. I have. Uh, I'm home from school, so I have uh, some projects and like a quiz I got to do. So once the kids go to bed, if I'm still in front of my computer, I might even write an article about it. Which I'm sure hasn't been done yet, right? No, no. Not <laughs> by us. Not by us, anyway. Man, I said, I'm focused, man. Tell Daryl to holler at me, man. <laughs> I really do think he should read my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, just for everybody else's mentions, though. <laughs> just for everybody else's mentions. Right, well, what, what's next on our docket of topics for the, for the day? Our doc, the growth next is, you know, as we talk about, you know, making moves and trades and things of that nature and teams getting better, the Eagles have done what they usually do in Howie's uh, time here is do structure contracts, uh, push things to the back to uh, kind of make the book look not as terrible as they are. Right. And- like, ooh, they got rid of Trayvon Hester today or whoever. And Blake Countess, who saving one point seven million. Exactly, like they they restructured uh Slay, they restructured and the, apparently the deal they gave Kelsey uh, saved them money on the back end. That they brought him back, so it's like okay, you're doing all this, but is this this going to help this team be any better next year? That if you kept these. I guess these ulterior pieces, like it, that remains to be seen to me. I think they're still going to struggle. I still think this is a, a five win team at best, given what they're going to be dealing with. The fact they're going to be rolling hurts out there and he's not really got his feet really wet. We're still dealing with a small sample size from him that, that, uh, you know, this may, this may be a grind for a while that this is going to be a bad team. So all it is is for not. I mean, I know I was against it a couple months back, but maybe now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, why not rip the whole thing down? Forget trying to save money on certain people and keeping them around. How about just get rid of everybody you don't think you can afford to pay and then just <laughs> start from scratch? Because all it is nitpicking and cut money here and cut money there because you think that's going to help or they're still not going to be able to bring in anybody that's any good. They don't got that kind of money that how he's going to make 
appear out of thin air, and you can go read my article about that. Him and his uh cap <laughs> magic that he seems to try to pull off. And I mean, it's just robbing Peter to pay Paul. And to me, it's just not gonna work in the long run. I will be right back. So the Eagles didn't use their franchise tag today, right? Hell no. All right. I'm saying no, no, they didn't. <laughs> of okay. So here's the thing, Dubs. I think you're slightly underestimating the Eagles somehow. Hey, I they, hear better, more. <laughs> they were a four win team last year and last year, was the biggest joke of a season that I, I think I've ever seen. It was an absolute dumpster fire, correct? Right? So you were dealing with, what, 14, 13 different offensive lines? Yes, they were trash. Yeah. Lane Johnson and Brandon, Books, Brandon Brooks coming back alone, you know, God forbid they may be trading Brooks, which is ridiculous. But with those two back, that's pretty much it. Uh, Probably two wins in the book right there. If you get Jordan Mailata out there, you know, full time instead of, you know, having to deal with any of Jason Peters, I mean, that's got to be good, right? That, that's got to be an increase somehow. This team should be better just based on that line alone, right? And, and then yeah, if you go. What and- I saw, those projections, I like that line. I'm not against that line at all. I'm like, okay, this could work. That's way more like, I think. Having that, if they had the line that they're proposing now with Melata and getting um Brandon Brooks back and Kelsey and that whole right side lane, getting all of them back, I'm like, this line would have been like a thousand times better than what they wound up going with throughout the season uh last year that caused them so many problems in the passing game and in the run game, really. Uh aside from those large chunk plays they got for miles at the end of the year where he was dropping off the 80 yard runs. So that might be a bright side. I am interested. I will admit that to see what they can do with a line that may at least be consistent all season. If nobody gets hurt and it's these same five guys all season, that might actually work. You could actually protect the quarterback with that line. And it's the end of the sticks defense, right? Yeah. No more. I don't even remember his name. I blocked him out. Dan Schwartz. <laughs> Jim Dave? Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. No more Jim, Sh- no more Jim Schwartz. No uh, more sticks defense. Right? You're going to get Kayvon Wallace out there. Yeah. Right? No more of this, whoever that Epps person was. He was atrocious. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, all due respect to Marcus Epps, but that man could not play ball. <laughs> His biggest his biggest highlights were getting concussed and then getting hurdled. I mean, I'm 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 interested to see where they go with the defense, especially like you said with the linebackers. They have linebackers can play. We saw Singleton can play. Alex Singleton can play. He had a hundred plus tackles last season. He can play. Okay, well, I want to see him play, and also I want to see what the secondary can do healthy. Because they got banged up toward the end of last year, so we'll 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 see. Like 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 we always do, we can gather our thoughts for the season from you know maybe that that first game and how that goes. Because we saw it was going to be trouble after that first game. Like you know, on our last show, we saw when they lost that seventeen point lead. Those of us that are in the know that know football and know this team, we're like, okay, yeah, this is going to be bad. This is going to be real bad. I'm back. Now, okay, uh, yeah, we noticed, man. Uh, away from our books, I I have to say, and it, it does make me feel a little bit better knowing what the Cowboys did and giving <laughs> Dak Prescott an absurd 126 million dollars in guaranteed money, especially like seeing how how the trepidation that our fan base had with, you know, the getting rid of Carson, taking a huge cap hit. I'm like, could you imagine if they chose to wait to re-sign him and gave him his deal after that got signed and what the number would have been the sign Carson went then? 
Like, you know, imagine what the cap hit would be we were talking about if they, they waited till Dak apparently has reset the market. It would be insane. So we can actually sigh a, a breath of relief knowing that we didn't have that price tag at least to deal with. And, and that is an absurd amount of money for a guy who might not even be a top 10 quarterback. 40 per, Matt. They gave him in 40 per. He's getting 96 of it up front this season. That's insane. Credit to Andy Dalton for stinking up the joint so badly right. last year. Ben credit, to, credit to Ben DiNucci for having <laughs> to play. Absolutely dreadful, man. Like, I, I, I just don't get it. And also, like, the one of the main things that, you know, they still have pieces they have to let go and pieces that they have to move on from because it's just not the second biggest breakup of the team for the Eagles this year was, you know, after Carson Wentz is this presumed exit of Zach Ertz. And I asked you two, what, if anything, number one, you think you can get for him? What would you like to get for him? Or, I mean, is it even possible that we can get him to stay or is that relationship just in the trash ever since, especially since his boy left town. I mean, me, I think the way the market is set, you're not going to get a first, even with all the records he's broken and all of that. If you can get a second or third, I would say you would take it. Maybe if you can get a third and a player, a defensive player, you may go with that, but, I don't think they're going to get any more than that, and they shouldn't press their luck either. I don't. I don't know how much they'll get. Aren't they going to cut them if they don't trade them? Probably. So, how much value does he really have? True. <laughs> right, Matt. I mean, I would still rather keep him. I mean, you don't have to lose him, and I think it's going to be very hard for him to move now that like Hunter Henry is out in the tight end market, right? Yeah. You can try to sign that guy straight out, or you have to make a deal with the Eagles for Ertz, who's probably on the back half of his career. Yeah, I I would move on from Ertz. I disagree, Matt. (laughs) Because does he have – so if you keep him, right, you can't roll over whatever money you save into next year. Plus, you need to get below the cap at some point, don't you? Yeah. So, and I don't – like. I mean, I'm not a football cap wizard, but I don't see how you get away with not getting rid of them. Yeah, how we will handle it. Yeah, how we will handle it, and how we we trust. That's, That's what I'm afraid of. How he just has like a secret Cayman Islands cap account, right? Just, <laughs> I just know he's going to work his way out of it somehow. Yeah, secret Cayman Islands cap account. It's like Krusty uh, the Clown when he got busted for tax evasion. He's like, oh, snap. I shouldn't have said he was a customer. Oh, man, I really shouldn't have said it was a secret. Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said it was illegal. <laughs> like, that's going to end up with Howie. He, he clearly has some, some, somebody he knows that are juicing these books, and then the numbers go down. But like you said, it's still a mess in – they know they can't pay him what he's going to want, and it makes you no know, never mind for him to go out there, even though he has one year left to not want to play, sit out, refuse to play, hold out, do all of that type of crap when you can just like, wash your hands right now. So the best that I agree with Manoff is that, you know, you just need to cut, cut bait now and deal with it because they're not going to give him what he wants, and there's no point in – Having him be disgruntled, we see how that fared last season when he was disgruntled and played like hot garbage, and then like now he might not even try to play at all. He'll act like he's hurt or just straight up sit out because he he's not going to play for what you're trying to pay him. Yeah, Matt, you suck. <laughs> if you get rid of Ertz, do you draft Pitts? Well, I've been told that Pitts isn't a tight end. Um, I've been told that they, like he does everything, so I don't think it matters either way if you get rid of Ertz or if you if you get if you keep him. Um, apparently, he's able to be used. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I don't think even if you keep Ertz, how long is he going to be here? So I don't I don't think he's somebody that should hold you back from 
drafting anybody, to tell you the truth. Uh, Andrew Consolvo on Facebook says, bad news, good news. Eagles' hands are tied this season. Next year, a boatload of money comes off the cap. So, yeah, we can look forward to the next season, 2022, to where we really can do some things and maybe bring in some talent. But this year is, this year is going to be tough. And I could see maybe like a down year that, you know, they could flex into something, something good. Flex into what a draft pick? I don't know. Yeah, you can make this is a team that can get you a top five, top three draft pick with the roster comprised as it is, with you know a whole new coaching staff or whatever. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they went three and thirteen, and you're talking about them vying for you know a, a number three pick, number three four pick. I mean, they won four games all of the last season. <laughs> I mean, they, this isn't a good football team, and now you've taken away. What was their franchise quarterback? You got a new system, a new coach, and all of that. Uh, you still have questions all over the place as far as the roster goes. This is a bad team. It's going to be a bad team. Yeah. Okay, hold on. It, they may be a bad team, but they have a weak schedule, right? They're yeah, they do have a last place schedule. Yeah, they're going to play the Falcons, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Lions, right? You get the Giants twice. You get Washington twice. And they lost to Washington twice. <laughs> That's no longer a gimme with this team. You don't realize it. <laughs> well, yeah, but Washington's going to be any good. Who's Washington's quarterback? Taylor Heineke, baby. We're going Heineke. You're bust. In our- yeah, no, we're, we're not losing to Taylor Heineke. No. That's not happening. Although sure? I will say this: if you're if you're a betting man, this season screams put everything you have on the Dallas Cowboys. I think top to bottom, they might be the best roster in the division. If you were a betting man, you wanted to bet early, get in on those futures. I yeah. put all the money down on the Cowboys. They we should be the division. We say that every year, though. True, but especially the fact that no team has won a division two years in a row and. God knows how long. It's not going to be the Redskins again. I don't think we're good enough, so that leaves the Giants and the Cowboys. I mean, I'm... Oh, and I said Redskins. My bad. Washington football team. I'm talking (laughs) myself into this now. I'm looking at the schedule, and... One, two... Why are you doing this, Matt? Why are you doing this? They could be four and one after week five. Why are you doing this to me, Matt? Why are you doing this? Because the NFL I don't want to think like that. And then you the get NFL upset. is a league of parody. I want to have the lowest standards possible. Then I can be pleasantly surprised if what you say yeah. happens. I'm not going to go into it thinking what you're thinking. I'm going to go and thinking they're garbage. They're going <laughs> open sixteen. I'm like I'm Randy Quaid in fucking Major League Two. I'm here. I'm heckling the team all season long, being a jerk. I'm, I'm waiting to like rip my shirt open and reveal my Hurts jersey at the end of the season. Like I knew it all along, boys. We're going to the top. Right. Like think about it. Like Detroit. Right. They're they're downgraded a quarterback, and they just lost Kenny Galladay. Right. They didn't franchise him, so he's off in a free agency. So Jared Goff loses his best weapon. I can't name a single player on that defense, right? (laughs) That's a winnable game. Yeah. Right? If there's even semi-competent coaching and quarterback play from the Eagles this year, they'll win that game. That's a huge edge. The Broncos, what? Drew Locke, I mean, he's a guy, right? He (laughs) might be an average quarterback. Jerry Judy doesn't really scare me. Anymore, the Eagles might have the worst defense in the league, though. But they, or they could not. I mean, we don't know. They got Fletcher Cox, right? They could yeah, make a now. move on D. We got a new defensive coordinator, Matt. I love you. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just Listen, saying. Yo, if if the NFL right. is so bad, the Eagles have a shot to be a like 500 team. They could be an eight and eight team easily this year. Yeah, an eight and eight. You still could say could win that division, but I don't think it will. Well, they can't be eight and eight. Oh, that's right. They're an extra game this year. I think they're going with seventeen games this year, aren't they? They'll be eight and nine. <laughs> I don't know if it's like official official, but I know it's talked about. Yeah. I was already weirded out by the seventh playoff team. I swear, I didn't know what that was for. Like, did that even you know? factor in anything? I mean, I guess it did factor in in a way 
because then it caused Tampa Bay to have to play Washington. And I mean, who they would have had a buy, yeah, they would have had a buy. Nope. You're telling me the Eagles can't beat the Raiders. I don't. I'm. I don't think the Eagles. I'm not putting much faith in the Eagles beating anyone. Uh, my boy Andrew, who is a Washington football team fan, he's a guy from uh, Virginia. He said, "Don't forget that sorry ass Washington football team had the second ranked defense last year. I don't think their starting quarterback is currently on the roster. That could be true. It might not be Heineke or anybody else. They got rid of Alex Smith, so who knows who they bring in or do they draft a guy? I don't know what their plan is, so to speak." Maybe they make a trade for Carr out of Oak out of Las Vegas because it seems like they want to part ways with him. I don't I don't know who is the answer in Washington. It is going to be interesting to see if you know their quarterback is Heineke or somebody else on the roster, or they go a different direction. Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I really suck. Mariota. I just want Mariota to have a starting job again. I know, Andrew, if you're listening, I don't know if you like Mariota. Do you like Mariota? Please let us know if you like Mariota. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I can't help it. I'm optimistic. It's a nice spring day. You know, maybe it's just because the oh, weather is lovely good. outside. I went outside and was like, oh, I threw the shorts on. You can't see my lower half on our live stream, but I, I got the shorts on. I'm, I'm ready to go ball. What's up, man? Huh? We running the one? I'm, reti- I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> You're retired. Oh, we got to bring you out retirement. One time deal. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm done. Uh, and <laughs> I took the I took the COVID fifteen and turned it into like a COVID sixty, and I'm done. Oh, uh, Andrew, uh, our pal from Westbrook has given us a resounding hell no on Mariota. <laughs> But that's sort of that. <laughs> Marcus Mariota is not a fan favorite in Washington. Uh, that is that is some anti-Samoanism if I've ever seen it. <laughs> Anti-Samoanism? Is that even a thing? Anti-Samoanism. Next he's going to tell me the rock isn't jacked. Uh, All right, guys. I'm going to go work on this project. Uh, it's it, been real. You know, Mr. Manoff. I had fun. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm going to try to write a Lowry piece tonight, for real. For real, for real. And before, if anybody, you, huh? before, before you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to find me, just come to Twitter, ManoffRM. Um, and if you mention Sixers, I'll probably respond. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, you can find me, ManoffRM, at Twitter or, you know, um, any anytime you know there's a game or news or something, usually if I cover it, then you can find my stuff on lastoutmedia.com, uh, right under Al Words. And I'm gonna try to put out the Lowry piece again. Um, I'm really gonna do it. I probably won't tonight, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna do it. All right. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Well, as we pivot away from uh, Mr. Mano, we're gonna go in. <laughs> Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> if you're on the live, you see me pivoting. But uh, we're going to move right along. Uh, what happened to the Flyers, Matt Maritek? I mean, we, it went from, oh, maybe we got a little joy here. They had a little three-game win streak. Then they had, like, back-to-back tough losses where they gave up a bunch of goals. The defense still is horrendous <laughs> in front of the net. They give their goaltender no help whatsoever. When when the puck is in their zone, but what to you is the biggest problem? Is it the defense? Is it something else? I'm going to quote a famous coach here. <laughs> um, well, paraphrase rather, the Flyers are who I thought they were. Ah, <laughs> the great Denny Green. <laughs> yes, right. He was talking about the Bears, and they were in fact who they thought they were, but. I'm talking Flyers. And the thing about the Flyers is they have the same roster issues that they've had for the last decade, right? True. You have a a top-level defenseman in Ivan Provorov. He has nobody to play with, right? The next closest guy, like you could say maybe Sanheim or Myers, those guys are like a three-fourth 
you know, defenseman at best, right? And they can't carry the minutes. They can't carry the bucket the way it needs to be done. Uh, Gostas Bear is atrocious, right? He can't play defense. Uh, Gustafson Coast has is been only, terrible. Gustafson is only good for scoring, right? He's he's essentially ghost, right? And then Bobby Haig is, you know, your sixth defenseman type guy, right? He can't have him in an expanded role. And Justin Braun is just, he's just a guy, right? He's another one. He's, you know, a four or five kind of guy, right? So they don't have the top end defense that can compete long-term, especially on a compressed schedule. They don't have consistent scoring. Uh, You know, you've got a guy in Nolan Patrick who, you know, had to take the year off due to migraines, concussions, you know, that type of thing. But he's come back and he's played a relatively invisible role, right? And then you've got Oscar Lindblom, who's trying to still work his way back in shape after having the uh, uh, Ewing sarcoma, right? So you've got two guys who essentially, you know, came into the season not at 100%, and they're still working through, you know, those struggles, right? But that's two spots in your lineup, and those were two guys you kind of expected to contribute, right? And then you've had the COVID issues. Then you've had people going in and out of the lineup, right? And then you have... You know, JVR taking off, everybody else, you know, kind of sinking, right? You have have doing well. Kevin Hayes can't find the net if it, you know, if it got launched at him, right? It just, there's no two ways about it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. We have our our resident pain in the behind, Francisco Rojas, uh, in the comment section. You said bring back Matt Carl. He's also wondering. Uh, where's Nicole Zerdev at? <laughs> Carl was so bad. I mean, it, he was like an anchor that kept Pronger down. Nikolai Zerdev, I'm convinced, is probably. Thank you, Matt, because I know I butchered it. Thank you very much. Yeah. I leave all the hockey names to Matt. <laughs> the crazy thing is, Zerdev was actually good For while sure. he was here. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just. The Flyers have a weird history with Russian players in that they just can't. Oh, they yeah, don't get they, along. They can't. They don't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Ever since they decided, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the team that destroys the Soviets. <laughs> Francisco, dog, him and Pronger were a great pairing. Yeah, that's because Pronger is a great defenseman. Exactly. He's a Damn near all the yeah. defense. Matt Carl was along for the ride and didn't look, you know, terrible. All he had to do was not screw up. I didn't think we were going to have a Matt Carl stand on the program today. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, it, it's it's rough sledding. Like, where do you see this team ending up? I mean, this I would think they're still a playoff team, but is this a middle of the pack type team? Is this a team that could do something later on if they add a piece? Like, where do you see this going if it continues to be the way? <laughs> and Francisco reminding you that the disrespect is unreal. <laughs> okay, yeah, Francisco. I'm sure you also thought Braden Coburn was a, a top pair. You can't believe what he's guy. saying. You can't believe what he's saying. Francisco is having a conniption over there. The, the Flyers have to make a trade for defensemen. Right now, the, the rumor's swirling around that it's going to be uh, Matthias Ekholm, right? He, he's a guy who's kind of playing his way out of Nashville, um, you know, because they're having kind of a rough year, and he's on the block. He's going to save them a little money, but you have to give up another player, right? Uh, you have to give up a player and probably a draft pick, right? So it's going to be a first and someone. Right. So who's that guy who's going to go? And then even if you fix the defense, or even if you get that one guy that doesn't fix the defense, right? Yeah. Penalty kill uh, still is pretty bad. Power play is pretty bad. Um, the goaltending is shaky. Carter Hart just has never been able to get his bearings this year. Yeah. Um, Being outplayed on many nights by. Uh, yeah, by Brian Elliott. Elliott. Yeah. Uh, Francisco says if the Flyers had a 10 in 2010, they won, they would have won a ring. We all pretty much agree to that. I don't see what your point is, Francisco. We all think that they better goaltending in 2010. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, let it go. It was 11 years ago. 
He, okay. he sounded like he's sitting in a room somewhere with like things stitched up with like <laughs> dye and cane on it. <laughs> like, okay. uh, if Kane Nishikori had a backhand, he'd be a multi time Grand Slam winner. But, you know, oh! I don't care. Right? It doesn't bother me. I can sleep at night. Oh, man. He said he got to let it go. No, I think Francisco's dug in. He's like uh, our boy Ray Finkel. He's in an attic somewhere just stitching shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Waddle goes away. He hates that thing. But our moving on from the hockey, our last subject of the day, and, you know, we got into some kind of some controversial stuff when we were talking basketball, but the Phillies have a little bit of a conundrum. Their best player during this in shortened or you know manipulated uh, spring training is a Dubal Herrera, who many don't even want on the team. So, how does that look? I mean, is that a problem? Is that something like they can rectify? They can realize or come to the the uh, conclusion that you know we don't like what he did and what he was accused of. You guys out there, he had a domestic abuse issue earlier uh, last year and they are like, Hey, this is what it is. If he can play, we have some type of duty to put the best roster out there. Or is it like good play be damned? He got to go. Like this is, this is a very confusing time. If you're a Phillies fan, I don't know how you feel about it, Matt. And Francisco is still talking about uh, (laughs) our disrespect of Carl and Coburn, they would have been champions if they had, did have Leighton and Boosh. They didn't have Leighton. If they had started Boosh, they probably would have won, right? The problem is he got hurt and then Leighton came in, and, right? But, yeah, I can disrespect Carl and Coburn because they weren't that good, right? When you have a team that's anchored by Chris Pronger, a first ballot Hall of Famer, Boomer, exactly. yeah, everybody instantly gets better, right? And there was also Kimo Timonen, who was a grade A top defenseman, right? <laughs> Wrong again, Matt. Sorry, but... Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> anyway, how do you feel about a Dubo Herrera? We're going to have to start putting Francisco on mute. Dubo, uh, it's... Well, first off, the whole situation is weird because the MLB Players Association has so much power that when all of this happened, the Phillies couldn't cut him, right? Yeah, I remember you, that. You ha- it has to be for on-the-field performance. That's the way their sort of letter of the law is stated. And you know there was nothing they could do to get rid of him. So now he's stuck around. And Honestly, I mean, like, I enjoyed Ray Lewis's career, right? So what can I say? I mean, that dude straight up killed someone. (laughs) And he pulled out the red carpet for it. Allegedly, straight up murdered someone. Yeah, it's tough. Like like you said, you can't put yourself in a predicament where you sound like you're being hypocritical or Mm -hmm. you're giving somebody else props or you think somebody else's career should continue and then somebody else you want to banish from the league forever. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully nothing like that ever happens in his life again. And he continues to play the way he's playing and can help this team win games. I mean, I'm never one to try to throw stones because I know I'm not perfect. So when I see this overarching thing in our culture where we want to put athletes on this pedestal as if they're not human beings who normally wouldn't get a and Francisco is chiming in again at least he's talking about baseball this time but uh the CF the uh, center field is open c- competition right now might have a better idea on who should be the opening day center fielder in about two weeks okay so you know we'll see what what happens with that but like I was saying um we're in a situation now where people want it's the cancel culture. Everybody wants to cancel somebody. One bad move. They want to get rid of you. They want to forget your legacy. They want to act like you didn't exist. And to me, none of us are perfect. The America is about second chances, being able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and get back at it. So I never understood all of that. I never was a fan of that. It just seems a lot of people having some sort of an entitlement to say, Hey, Oh, uh, my morals are higher than yours. And my moral standard is that, uh, you're reprehensible and you're beyond change. And you're beyond 
fixing, so you don't deserve to play anymore. And it's like, yeah, we have situations like that, but I don't see it happen in – and I could be wrong, but I don't know the amount of times I've seen things like that happen in other arenas. Like, losing, like, because you may have done something to your significant other and that denies you the right to make a living or – play in the national football league, but I don't, I don't know. And I haven't seen on the news how many times if there's a doctor or lawyer or something like that, who has some type of allegation that whether or not it like, it goes through to them being charged or something like that, they're like no longer allowed to practice law or they no longer allowed to be a doctor. Or they like, I, it's just like we hold, and it goes again to my thing. I'm always saying is why I'm starting to write a book about it, about how athletes are kind of dehumanized. This person is special. He's different. He's other than what we are as a normal human being who's allowed to make a mistake and triumph and get over it. It's like, no, this dude, I've, I've made him this otherworldly creature so that any mistake he makes is like so detrimental to my psyche as a fan that I have to now banish him. And I, I just don't think that's fair in every case. Remember Dante Stallworth? Yeah. He killed yeah. a man. He, yeah. he was drunk and killed a man. DUI manslaughter. And he came back. Right? He he hit that guy in it was 2009. And he played until 2012. Right? He came back. He played Baltimore, Washington, and New England. Well, one game on New England, but still. It's insane. And uh, Francisco wants to know our thoughts on Mickey Moniak. He he got hired by the Washington Post and was a journalism. It was a journalist, according to his Wikipedia. He worked at the D.C. office. Hmm. He covered stories on the U.S. relations with Cuba and Hillary Clinton's Israel, pol- Israel policies, Iran's nuclear program. The hell? <laughs> well, that's a mixed bag, isn't it? <laughs> Dante, he's an interesting dude. He's like the chameleon air of NFL wide receivers. Yeah, like you, you'll see him on like CNN or something like that. All of a sudden, he's like the the correspondent or whatever. Like when the, the subject mm-hmm. of sports and races broached him, they pull in Dante Stallworth. Now they they they've also brought on Malcolm Jenkins. But yeah, he's always making rounds doing something. So you know, like you can't just white people often man, I know we get in this culture to where like we want to cancel things and change things and every day we're looking for a new battle to fight. I mean it's been all over <laughs> the the internet and social media about all the, the new things that are happening. They got rid of calling the company Mr. Potato Head. It's just Potato Head or I think they're thinking about going back. I'm not sure but they went and messed with Mr. Potato Head and also they cut Peppy Le Pew out of the new Space Jam movie and out of Looney Tunes for, for good. It's like Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. I grew, I learned how to read from Dr. Seuss. I had the whole collection. You remember when it came in a collection of books and it was like hot, yep. hot, you know, green eggs and ham, all that. I had the collection. That's how I learned how to read. It was the first set of books I ever got. And you're like, oh yeah, but uh, he had some other books that weren't too friendly. I'm like, whatever. And then like, I can't get mad because it's coming from like his estate right. and everything themselves, they're like, you know, these books were not cool, so we're we're taking them out of circulation. So I'm cool with that. But like, damn, Potato Head! Like, I posted a picture on my Facebook the other day of my boy Potato Head. Like, they they really trying to shut him down. Like, I get it. You know, we want everybody to be inclusive and whatnot, and everybody doesn't particularly call themselves a Mister or Missus. So I, I get that. But like that, and then Peppy Le Pew. But we all knew that was problematic. And Dave Chappelle told us that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like look. you know, he was like, "Look, look, sometimes you gotta take it like Peppy." <laughs> it's like we 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 knew that was problematic then. Dave Chappelle let us in on that, like speaking the future, like ten years ago. Like we knew Peppy Lip Q was problematic, but it's like if we go back with a fine tooth comb across everything we've ever consumed as a people. It's gonna be a lot of stuff that isn't gonna go with us forward into the like, the next chapter of life because if we we have a problematic past in general, as far as I our just, entertainment goes. My whole thing is how often do potatoes have genders to begin with? Our pe- exactly. people aren't potatoes. No, exactly. So I don't think there's wrong with being a make believe 
Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Exactly. I'm sorry. If you feel so inclined, buy two Mrs. Potato Heads. You know, live your life with two Mr. Potato Heads. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Give Mrs. Potato Head the mustache, right? It, 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 that's exactly. what it's for. It's a make-believe toy that exactly. you're supposed to mix and match. That's right. the point. The combinations and coming up with something different and a different look. That is definitely the point of it. Also, like, I like this whole cancel culture. The thing that gets me is like, and I'm glad me and you, Matt, are the age we are. Because you bring up a guy now that's maybe in his mid to late 20s or something like that. And you can go back and see his old tweets from when he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. There was no Twitter when we were teenagers. So we don't have that problem. And I asked the other day, like, what are they going to bring up on me? Like my old MySpace posts? I mean, what the what the fuck can they do to pull up old Bobby Dubs dirt? Like, I don't know what I got. Somebody said it might be your Black Planet account. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to use to pull out Bobby Dubs dirty laundry. Like, because it's insane. Yeah, that, that, I'm worried. Like, I'm getting big. I'm on multiple shows. I'm all over the place. I'm like, sooner or later, something, something from some post. I put on AOL's fucking uh, instant messenger or some shit is going to come back to haunt me and I'm yeah, well, be what, out of a job. Whatever your Which first year on me. Facebook was, that, that's what they'll exactly. dig it up from. First year Facebook status update. Exactly. I think I, I, I think I still had some dirt first year Facebook. Eh. I wasn't married then, so yeah, it's probably some crazy. Like absolutely stunned on these hoes today. Exactly. <laughs> Rob Whitney thinks women are hoes. <laughs> tonight, at, tonight at 11. Uh, now Christian's got to put up a tweet. We are now discussing these things with with Rob. <laughs> we are aware of these past <laughs> Facebook posts that have come out. We are having uh, a discussion with him at this moment. Please bear with us as we go through this change for the future blast out. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm on like Fox News and they're like encouraging me to be super conservative. <laughs> you don't have to be censored by last out media. <laughs> and then I'm the right wing sports guy and I'm right. on speak yourself with a fucking, what's his name? Marcellus Wiley. <laughs> Marcellus Wiley. <laughs> now I'm on his show because they won't have me in the, the liberal sphere anymore. I said I was. <laughs> so Mickey Moniak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you saw that. He, he has thoughts on Mickey Moniac. He's pretty good. I mean, yeah, I can't trust him, right? He's the number one draft pick that the Phillies made, right? So he's guaranteed to not work. Right? I just, I have to see him more. And we have to see him get to the majors this year. This is a make or break season for him. So I'm glad he's having a good spring, but I'm hesitant. Hmm. I mean, we're not exactly known for our farm system. True. Francisco, are you really lecturing us about language? We've always been a <laughs> an NSFW uh, podcast. This is not safe for work here. Mr. Francisco, I got some choice words for you. Maybe I'll use them later. Very choice. <laughs> but it uh, looks like we're coming up on uh, the allotted time we had. We, we went through a myriad of things. So I will let you know where you can find me. You can find me on Twitter, YoungSpud1385. You can also catch me on Instagram, Robo the Writers, where I post most of my work that I write and all my myriad of links to all the things I'm in. I'll also be on the process, Potables. Uh, Power Hour, which is a live show we'll be doing Wednesdays at 8 when we get all the bugs and things worked out. I'll be on there every so often. Um, go get the book, Hope Over Hurt. It's on Amazon and paperback and digital. Go get that. It's about my life story, the things I've been through, my struggles, my tribulations, uh, being sick, being a cancer survivor, and going through that to make a career in media and doing what I do and what I love, talking sports. So Check that out. And uh, Francisco, I bought a Jerome Brown jersey today, so I'm happy. Good for you. <laughs> I'll forgive you now. Jerome Brown is the man. But Matt Marite, where, where can the fine people find you? 
Uh, y'all can find me at mmaratea22. That's M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A and the number 22 on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Untapped, you know, wherever. Just type it in. That's something will pop up, right? Uh, I'm yep. doing a ton of stuff, as always, for Last Out Media. Might be hopping on that uh, process happy hour at some point. You know, we're all working with Dan on that. That's fun. Uh, FCF Owners Box, right? The website yep. and the podcast. That was fun. You know. We had a podcast last night. Check that out in my link tree on my mm-hmm. Instagram. I have last night's show. That was some fun. We talked about the new onside rules, how we like Josh Gordon's debut. So make sure you check that out. Mm-hmm. Fan-controlled football, always fun. Um, check out the Dining on a Dime podcast. You know, I'm part of that, too. Uh, and you know, last out media as always, you know, that's where everything is, right? That's all under the umbrella, under the wide auspices, you know? <laughs> the wide auspices. and that's of course where this show is, uh, right? The radio podcast.